0: We are devaluing American money so rapidly that in America today, you can't even bribe Democrat senators with cash alone. You need to bring gold bars to get the job done, just so that the bribes hold value.
1: Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives.
2: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life... Our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats.
3: This is Our Lives in Politics with your host, Booker, and co-host, Lou Basada. And this hour starts in Washington, D.C., with Matt Gates there, making fun of Bob Menendez, the senator from New Jersey that has now been indicted again. This time, he took... Gold bars from Egypt, allegedly. And the guy is going to run for office again in 24. He's done this before. Last time, it was a hung jury. This time, we'll have to wait and see. But it's also an indication of what our politicians in Washington, D.C. have become. They feel like they can get away with anything. They are so emboldened. And are they really representing us, the people? What about we, the people, out here? We work our rear ends off. We do the best we can, and we see them wasting our money. We see a government shutdown. We see them not doing the job that we sent them to Washington, D.C. to do. And yet, it continues over and over and over again. My name is Booker Scott. Thanks for joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio or wherever you listen to us on a podcast we really appreciate it. And, you know, there was a lot happening this week. We had the start of the impeachment inquiry, which I have some thoughts on that, and we'll hear some audio clips of, of what happened there in that impeachment inquiry. And also some senators went before the press this week in an effort to start getting the word out after two and a half years, almost, of a disaster at the border It was Senator Ted Cruz along with some help of some other senators that went before the media begging for help to to get the word out on what's happened there at the border. We're going to get into that. But I want to start off with the debate that was this week. It was a debate that did not feature Donald Trump again, and I totally understand why he's not there. The only thing he has to lose with such a commanding lead would be points. He could could lose some points if he shows up to battle with Chris Christie and Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis. All they're going to do is take jabs at him. So there's nothing really for him to gain. But as I watched it, it it appeared to me that most of these people up on stage are not really running for president. And I'm sure you think the same thing. And it may be time for a few of them to start dropping out if any of them actually want to defeat and compete with Donald Trump, who holds up to 30 or 40% lead on most polls right now. And of course, I know that polls don't mean much now. It's still way too early, but 30 or 40% is very telling. It's telling me nobody else is even close. It's probably telling you the same thing. So unless two or three or four of these people drop out pretty quickly, no one's going to have a chance. So let's talk about that here in a few minutes. Who should drop out? But some of the things that were missing, I think, in the debate was seeing real leadership from people. I think Ron DeSantis did take a step out in this debate. I think he did pretty good. Nikki Haley was another one that people seemed to be pretty happy with, especially suburban moms. Uh, They seem to be attracted to her. We have to look at her experience as a governor, so she has that executive experience, and then she also has foreign experience, having worked in the Trump White House. So those two kind of stood out to me. Uh, Ramaswamy is still getting a lot of mentions among people. It seems like he's pretty popular among a group of Republicans and conservatives. I don't know. It seems to me like he's very rehearsed. We'll have to keep watching him. But those three, I think, uh, could probably stay in the race a little bit longer when it comes to Chris Christie and, and it comes to Mike Pence. And maybe even Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott a whole lot, but you really have to ask yourself, What kind of chance does he actually have this time? Probably not much of any. So all of them are taking away other people's support. And at some point, there's going to have to be fewer of them up on stage. And at that point, it would be worth it for Donald Trump to go and debate. But it's not there yet. Something that was missing, I think, in the debate were the big problems that we're facing. It didn't seem like any of the candidates really wanted to address the issues. And, and some of the issues, obviously, is the border, which we're going to get to in this hour. The things that are happening there are ridiculous, and we need real answers and solutions. A couple of these candidates did try to address it. But again, there's no real how they're going to do it. They just say they're going to do it. They try to make sound bites. So that they can get played over and over and over again on social media that's the whole idea behind it another thing that was missing i believe is the economy not near enough time was spent on solutions for the problems that joe biden has created with his bidenomics look at this economy we're dealing with 16 17 percent inflation over the time of his presidency we have 60% of our population that is making their bills, paying their bills, every month with credit cards and savings. And only 60% of the American people are now paying income tax. And every year, the debt continues to go up and up. We're up to $33 trillion now. The budget for this year, five and a half trillion, six trillion trillion, $6 trillion. Prior to COVID, it was only $4 trillion. And now we're spending $1.5 trillion more. Where is that money going? Do you see extra services? Are you getting more for your money now or less? The obvious answer is you're getting less. Here is Senator John Kennedy from the Senate floor addressing this very thing.
2: All goods as a result of President Biden's inflation starting in February of 2021 and running through today, all goods are up an average of 17%. How many American families have seen their income go up 17%? Not many. Uh, Food, all food, average, an average is 19%. Housing is up 16%. Clothing is up 10%. Used cars and trucks are up 32%. And even if we can get inflation down to zero, we're going to be stuck with those prices.
3: And that's one thing that a lot of people seem to forget. Even though inflation may be down to 5% or 4%, it is something that you add on to the inflation from last year and the year before. So collectively, we're at 17%. So I believe it's something that these candidates in the debate should really have some solutions for and should be putting those out for us to make a decision on who we're going to vote for. But here is how... The debate went.
2: Stewart, can we governor, get back to the question? The no, question we cannot. Is on technology. Governor DeSantis, I'm going straight. On this stage sir, we, we, we will technology.
4: have to cut your mic, and I don't want to do that. I don't. So, Governor.
3: So it wasn't all like that, but you get an idea. That's Dana Perino of Fox News. Of course, this was on Fox Business, and she was going after the governor of North Dakota there who she felt was was taking up too much time. He didn't take up too much time. The person with the most time, well, over 12 minutes, was Ron DeSantis. And after that, it was Nikki Haley. And after that, it was Ramaswamy. All of them were about the same there. And then it kind of dropped off to Chris Christie and Mike Pence and Tim Scott and finally Doug Burgum. There was a new Fox News poll that came out this week about the things that are most concerning for us, the things that are most important for the voters going into the 24 election, here's some, some highlights from that. Inflation and higher prices, 91% of Americans are concerned about that. Cost of housing, 79%. Amount that we pay in taxes, 75%. Being able to pay bills, 74%. Federal budget deficit. Political showdown over the debt, 68%. Unemployment, 65%. So you see there the things that are most important to Americans going into this election. However, the opportunity to bring those things out and solutions for those problems was kind of missed by these politicians over a lot of bickering amongst each other. Instead of going after the Democrats and the liberal social democrats that have taken over this country, the far left. They spent their time on each other and Donald Trump, instead of fighting against the people that they should be fighting against, they're fighting against each other. And that is kind of a turnoff for me. And maybe you felt the same way. Dana Perino did find herself, I think, in a a strange moment. And this is when she asked the question, well, I'll just play it for you. She decided to play a game, a game show with the debate, and it didn't really go over well. I'm not sure who at Fox News decided that this was going to be a good idea, but this is how it happened.
4: You, on stage tonight, should be voted off the island. (laughs) Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 (laughs) seconds. Starting now, of the people on the stage, Are you who should be? I'm oh, absolutely serious. That, with all due respect,
5: I mean, we're here. Like we're happy to debate, but I think that that's disrespectful
4: to my fellow competitors. Nobody, yeah. wants to, nobody wants to participate.
5: Let's do
3: some questions. So, wasn't that an odd moment? Didn't you think that was odd? And I thought Ron DeSantis did a great job in, in really stepping up there and saying, we're not we're not going to participate in this. But I wonder at who at Fox News thought that was going to be a good idea. To try to do that in the middle of a debate that is so important for all of the candidates that were on stage, and it's important for the people that were viewing it as well. And it became a game show. But, you know, Ron DeSantis came back with a very good answer when Dana Perino tried to clean up that. She sensed it from the room. This was not a good question. This wasn't a good thing to do. Nobody is playing along with having to vote another candidate off. So she came back to Ron DeSantis wanting to know how mathematically he could actually win the nomination for the Republicans. And he had a pretty good answer.
4: What is your mathematical path, yes, Governor DeSantis, in order to try to beat President Trump, who has a commanding and enduring lead in this race?
5: So... Polls don't elect presidents, voters elect presidents, and we're gonna take the case of the people in these early states, we're gonna do it in a state-by-state direction. And why? Because as Reagan said in his day, this is our time for choosing. We are not getting a mulligan on the 2024 election. Republicans have lost three straight elections in a row. We were supposed to have a red wave with inflation at 9%. It crashed and burned. Not in Florida, it didn't. We delivered it in Florida. And so we've got to choose right. We've got to win. And we need somebody that's going to be able to serve two terms. So in January of 2023, they'll be able to address the nation saying, we turned the economy around, we secured the border, and we fended off the threat from communist China. As your president, I will get that job Uh,
6: done.
3: there was an interesting exchange between Vivak Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Uh, the questioning was about Ukraine-Russia conflict that we've been dealing with now for about a year and a half. And they have two different ways to look at it. Here's Ramaswamy.
5: Level with the American people on this issue. The reality is we just because just American because Putin people. is not an e- Putin's an evil dictator does not mean that Ukraine is good. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties.
4: A win that has for actually, Russia is a win not true. We're
7: driving Russia Excuse me. Excuse me you a chance. You forgot you like you'll China. Have, China.
8: That's nope, why will have
5: you'll have your chance in just a moment. Yeah. The hurling personal insults isn't helping. China is the real enemy and we're driving Russia further into China's arms. We need a reasonable peace plan to end this, especially if this is a country whose president just last week, Vivek was
2: healing. He Putin have ranks, Ukraine. That's a green and, and light and to and China, China to
9: take we Taiwan. We need the a peace comes plan through be strength. Be get get a reasonable reasonable plan.
3: You. And you also hear there Mike Pence, which sounds like a desperation, heave ho, Hail Mary, to sound like he knows what he's talking about. What is so wrong with a peace possibility in Ukraine and Russia? Why is it the neocons? The establishment, Nikki Haley and Mike Pence, don't want to have any conversation when it comes to peace in Ukraine and Russia. They just want to continue to spend money and send money there. So I thought that was interesting. If you, if you want to know how both of those candidates stand, you now know where they stand on Ukraine and Russia. While Ramaswamy says, hey, what about, just what about some peace? Can we have a discussion about that? But those two didn't want to have a discussion. I found that was interesting. While this was going on, former President Donald Trump was in Michigan and he was there for the UAW strike. The day before, it was Joe Biden's time to go to Michigan for that strike that's been going on now for a couple of weeks. Joe Biden flew there. He went for 12 minutes and then he got back on a plane and he flew to California for big money fundraiser. Donald Trump was in Michigan. Here's what he had to say.
2: Nearly a quarter of a million jobs were destroyed here in Michigan alone, including 40% of all auto jobs. Think of that. In fact, I had to check this number because it's inconceivable. You would think factories, 60,000 factories closed and went overseas. Can you imagine? 60,000? No, who would think that? When I first saw that number, I said, oh, somebody made a uh, typographical error. Maybe it was 600 factories. Could have been 6,000, but that sounded too high. 60,000. And the good news is, if the number is wrong, the fake news will be checking it out. So I have to say, I mean, I have to give you the right numbers. Otherwise, the fake news is out there. Crooked Joe and his payday with the Biden family, they raked in millions and millions of dollars. You see what's going on News doesn't really report it. Very little news reports it. But it was the men and women who got every single day. They got up and came back home with grease in their hands. And they were the ones that paid the price. They paid a big, big price. The only time Joe Biden has ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries, which is quite often, actually. It's quite often. Based on what we're seeing, it's much more often than anyone would have thought.
3: And we're going to get into the impeachment inquiry here in just a few minutes and get into those details about what Donald Trump was just talking about there with the greasy hands of the Biden crime family. He's not the only one that had something to say about the debate because at the debate was Governor Gavin Newsom of California. Again, he's looking to replace Joe Biden as the nominee for the Democrats. But this debate was held there in California, so Gavin Newsom was there, and he was asked questions.
6: Governor, what do you think is going to be the
10: takeaway after this debate from the American people?
6: I think it will be clear that Trump comes out the dominant force after this debate. I mean, this is the XFL. This is Jane. I mean, and honestly, I mean, this is maybe, maybe a vice presidential debate. These guys are getting laughed by Donald Trump. It's not even close. It's not even it. And I think what's most interesting to me is, do they recognize that? Or are they actually going to show up and run against the guy that's in the way of their prospects to be the nominee? It's a zero-sum game. It's a binary choice at the end of the day. It's not a ranked choice voting. So either these guys come after the frontrunner and distinguish themselves, or otherwise they're wasting everybody's time. And I say this with love and respect. There's a reason some of the advertising is being discounted for this debate. I don't want to tune in because they know that fundamentally.:
3: And there you have Gavin Newsom with some pretty good analysis of what he sees in the Republican debate that happened this week. And he's sort of right in a lot of ways. Uh, this is like I call it a kiddie table. Uh, it's a JV. He called it the XFL. Unless they go after Trump, which I disagree. But of course, if you're a Democrat, you would want them to go after someone in their own party. I would prefer that they come up with solutions and share their ideas for the country, for school choice, for inflation, for a sovereign nation and a secure border. Speaking of secure borders, that is not what we currently have under this administration. Joe Biden has made a mess of it. Six million people have come across the border since he became president. And unfortunately, the human crisis that is going on there is it's sad. 120,000 American lives have been lost to fentanyl overdoses just since Joe Biden became president. That fentanyl is coming across the border every day through Mexico, from China. And then we have about 1,500 migrants that have died right there at the border, including children. So we have a mess at the border. Unfortunately, the mainstream media is not pushing that story. And Ted Cruz had a press conference this week. He wanted to get the message out to the media. Please help us get the truth to the American people.
1: Corrine Jean-Pierre stands at the White House podium and says, people are not just walking across the border. It's not happening. There's a technical legal term for what that is. That's called bullshit. It is an utter and complete lie. It is a deliberate lie. It is a known lie. And she is lying on behalf of the president of the United States. In the White House. Now why does she lie? She lies because she counts on the press not to call her out. Was there a politifact, a pants on fire done on that? No. I've invited the White House press secretary. Come with me to the southern border any day and pick any hour of the day. We'll go out in one hour and I guarantee you we will encounter group after group after group.
3: Along with Senator Ted Cruz was Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, John Cornyn from Texas, and this new senator from Alabama. She just won the election in November of 22. This is her first term. Her name is Senator Katie Britt. After being elected, Senator Marsha Blackburn took her to the border, showed her what was happening, and then she went on another trip with Senator John Cornyn. She could not believe her eyes, and she tells you the stories that she saw with her own eyes here. Pay attention. To Senator Katie Britt.
8: Guys, I would have never seen the border firsthand if this woman didn't know that I needed to see it immediately upon entering the United States Senate. I followed up with a trip with John Cornyn because they care. These people down there, Senator Blackburn would talk to them. She knew them. We walked through and we got to hear women tell us their story and their stories are brutalizing. And to Senator Cruz's point, if you're not telling it, that's on you. Because when a woman sits there and she tells you not just about being raped, but how many times a day she's raped, when she tells you about having to lay in that bed while they come in and out and in and out, it's disgusting and it's despicable. Folks, you look at the number of people that have died at the border because Joe Biden has made it more and more enticing to come here make no mistake this is a result of failed policies we could fix this we can't throw money at this and fix it we have to actually change the policies i looked in the eyes of cbp agents who said we're exhausted we're not only having to be paper pushers we're also trying to do what we did what we took an oath of office to do and that is protect this border but when they tell you about finding small children who have drowned in that river or pulling a lifeless body of a woman who is pregnant with twins. It changes the way you think about what's happening. Drug cartels, guys, they have their tentacles all over this country. We need you to start telling that story. To Senator Cruz's point, they will tell you exactly how much they paid to get here. Then they'll tell you where they're going, what their job's going to be, and how much more they owe. Got it? And guess what? Just the other day in Alabama, a gentleman told me, if you will come back here with me in this neighborhood right behind you, you will see migrants who are here illegally, and they will tell you about the drug cartels coming around every other week to collect. Guys, that's not the American dream. That's an American nightmare.
3: And Senator Britt there from Alabama, you can hear the passion. You can hear the pain as she, she's speaking, imploring the media there. Please report on this. People are dying. And she's right. This isn't the American dream. This isn't the America that we grew up with. This is an American nightmare. So, what is important to you in this upcoming election in 24? Is it the economy? Sure. Is it a sovereign nation? Sure. Do we need to close the border? Absolutely. And what about our kids? And what about our future, our children? We have to take care of them as well. So as we vet these candidates, as we watch this political season come into full bloom here in 2024, let's pay attention to those things. Let's pay attention to the candidates that can do best for our country to make that American dream a reality again and get out of this nightmare. So we're gonna move on to what happened in the impeachment inquiry, finally. After eight months of Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans, they have finally brought an impeachment inquiry and that started this week. Prior to that starting, the House Ways and Means released 700 pages of additional information that came from whistleblowers. That's part of this impeachment inquiry as well that took place on Thursday. We're going to get into that in just a minute here on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
9: How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFixRx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout.
4: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to Americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code outloud.
0: The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
4: Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health.
9: love it or your money back guaranteed healthycell.com code out loud for
11: 25 years global healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science get 15 percent off all of our products using code out loud global healing giving you the power to take control of your health
9: There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for
2: anything. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for
7: all.
3: And welcome back here to Our Lives in Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks a lot for joining us. And in this half of the hour, we're going to get into the impeachment inquiry. And, you know, my thoughts on this are, I don't know why it took Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans eight months to get here. And I've talked about this from time to time on the program. You know, Senators Grassley and Johnson, they did a report when the Republicans were still in the majority prior to the election in 2020. And about 80 percent of the information that we have been learning through all of the congressional hearings so far in the 118th Congress, it was, it was available in that report prior to the election in 20. And so I felt that there's enough information there to start an investigation because an inquiry is only an investigation for an impeachment. So we have all those years of an investigation with Grassley and Johnson, and now we've had eight months of more investigations to get to a point of more investigations. So what is the end game? What's the objective of an impeachment inquiry? The Republicans keep saying, we want to follow the truth. Where is the truth? I think that's great. That's fair. That's what it should be. It should always be that way. It shouldn't be the way the Democrats did it. They did everything behind closed doors when they were impeaching Donald Trump the first time. The second time should have never happened. It's made a mockery of the process of an impeachment. So I think that's one reason why the Republicans have kind of been slow about it. Prior to the impeachment inquiry, which took place on Thursday, this was the first hearing in this inquiry, there was some new information that was revealed from both the House Judiciary and Jamie Comer, and also House Ways and Means Chairman, Jason Smith. Jason Smith is from Missouri, and I'm really starting to like this guy. And he came out the day before the inquiry with new information. They voted, the House Ways and Means Committee, they voted to release 700 pages of information uh, that the whistleblowers, the IRS whistleblowers, had testified to behind closed doors. So they did that. And in a press conference, he
5: addressed some of what that 700 pages revealed. Hunter Biden explicitly wrote to a business associate that he was not willing to quote Sign over my family's brand, close quote, or give this individual, quote, the keys to my family's only asset. That asset could only be one person, Joe Biden.
3: Other than that, there was also new information that came out just prior to the impeachment inquiry starting.
1: Well, I can tell you that on the wire that Hunter Biden received from the Chinese national, uh, the Beneficiary address listed was Joe Biden's home address at a time where I'm pretty certain Hunter Biden was not living in the home of Joe Biden. But if you if you go back even further than that, this Jonathan Lee, who wired the two hundred and sixty thousand dollars from China to Hunter Biden's personal account, he is part of the, the Chinese Communist Party. He is is a huge business person in China with a chinese backed entity that funds investments in the United States, so what the the one issue in Congress that Democrats and Republicans agree on is we don 't want China taking over industries important to our national security we don 't want China buying farmland. This is the guy that does that. Jonathan Lee is the person who represents China, and if you research it, Joe Biden met with Jonathan Lee. He wrote a letter of recommendation for his child to get into college in the United States there's a relationship that was developed between Joe Biden and Jonathan Lee when he was vice president and now we have evidence that Jonathan Lee who Joe Biden said his son never took any money from said his son never took any money from China Joe Hunter Biden's lawyer said that Hunter never received any money from this guy we have evidence that he received over a quarter of a million dollars and the address listed on the wire was Joe Biden's personal residence
3: And that's James Comer, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He's the one in the driver's seat for this impeachment inquiry. And what the Republicans are going to have to do is prove that there was a crime. We all know that Joe Biden lies. There is nothing illegal yet in this country about lying. We can all freely lie. So, yeah, he lied about not knowing what Hunter Biden is doing about business. And, yes, he has collected money, but how are the Republicans going to tie this together? And that's what they're going to be doing. There is plenty of evidence. You would have to be... I, I'm not going to say it, but you, you couldn't you couldn't be very bright and not be able to connect the dots to understand the influence that they have peddled to make money. And now the question is, is Joe Biden compromised? Is he a president that shouldn't be in the White House? That's what the Republicans are going to have to show. Jason Smith, again, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, is here in this hearing, and he brought this information, more information, in that 700 pages from the IRS whistleblowers.
5: One of the items we released yesterday was an IRS interview with James Biden, the president's brother, in September of 2022. The agency was barred in the interview. From asking him about Joe Biden and about whether Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's deal with a Chinese energy company. And when Hunter Biden had his tax liability of over two million mysteriously paid for by a Democrat party donor named Kevin Morris, <laughs> who he barely knew, something IRS investigators saw as a possible campaign finance violation, Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf said she did not want any of the agents to look into the allegation.
3: Let me refresh your memory on U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf. If you remember from the Shapley and Ziegler testimony, those are the IRS whistleblowers, earlier it was revealed that Leslie Wolf tipped off Hunter Biden's attorneys and gave them 30 days to clean out a storage unit in Virginia. You remember that? That's the same Leslie Wolf. So she is a U.S. attorney underneath David Weiss. David Weiss is the attorney and now the special counsel for Joe Biden and things in Delaware. He was appointed originally by Donald Trump. So there is a big tangled web of mess that the Republicans are going to have to get through. Testifying here in this hearing is Jonathan Turley, who is an attorney, and also a Mr. Dubinsky. And none of these people really have any knowledge about what is alleged to happen. So they are there for expert witness only. And again, this is the first impeachment hearing. So here's Jonathan Turley about whether the Republicans actually have enough to start an impeachment inquiry.
13: But I also do believe that the House has passed the threshold for an impeachment inquiry into the conduct of President Biden. So I believe it's
3: as easy to start an impeachment inquiry anymore as it is to indict a ham sandwich, as they always say about a grand jury. It's happening way too much, and hopefully there is going to be enough truth in here, and they'll find the truth, whether an impeachment needs to move on to the Senate. If it does go to the Senate, we can agree that the Senate will not remove Joe Biden. So the purpose of this from the beginning was to expose information. That's what the objective is for the Republicans. They want to get the information out, and I know a lot of you have counted on this. Here's the disappointing part. None of the major cable network television stations were carrying any of this. If you remember the Democrats, it was every day, wall-to-wall coverage of the Donald Trump impeachment. Well, MSNBC, CNN, and others are not doing anything on this impeachment inquiry. So what exactly are the American people going to see, especially those that need to see this? That's, That's the tough part. Here is Congressman Jake LaTurner of Kansas.
6: I would say to the American people, look at the evidence before you and make a judgment and do not allow the White House or our colleagues on the other side of the aisle try to convince you that what you're seeing isn't the truth, trying to convince you that you're crazy. Mr. Dubinsky, you have extensive experience as an expert witness and consultant in the areas of white-collar crime, financial fraud, and corruption. Is it characteristic of these types of crimes that actors hide behind nicknames or other pseudonyms to mask their identity? It's very common. What about this first email image is characteristic of financial crimes that you have investigated or provided expert testimony on in the past?
13: Well, typically you'll see code names used and, and money is being paid to somebody under that code name. Uh, and that's how these processes
6: work. Let me ask you something. You're, you're very experienced When conducting an investigation, if your boss prevented you from taking investigative steps, how would you react? How would it affect your findings?
13: First, it would be extremely troubling uh, if I was told not to continue to investigate something. And if I was put in that position, I'd probably withdraw
6: from the investigation. Has the Department of Justice ever restricted any of your investigative steps? No, they have not. It's amazing.
3: And what are some of those pseudonyms that uh, Joe Biden went under when he was vice president? All of those emails, yeah, that's where this is coming in. You see the questioning there about that. Back when Joe Biden was vice president. Also, 10% for the big guy. That's that's what uh, Hunter Biden said. Got to hold out 10% for the big guy. The big guy being Joe Biden. So who does that? Other than criminals, Byron Donalds had questions for Mr. Dubinsky. Also, Byron Donalds puts up a chart, an organizational chart of what the Biden shell companies and all the money looks like. That chart is behind him, but he asked Mr. Dubinsky some questions.
10: So, Mr. Dubinsky, in your professional experience, looking at this organizational chart of business structure, what do you see here? I see
13: a very complicated structure of entities uh, that are interrelated and would give me concern. If I were an investigator, I would want to know what's going on in these entities, who's behind them, how's how's the money moving between them, and what is the substance of the transactions? What's really going on here? Mr. Dominski,
10: do you think it's in the, in the interest of this committee that is now in an inquiry phase to actually find out all of the uh, flow of money between these entities and what the purpose was? Absolutely. Uh, next slide, please. For my colleagues on the other side, we're going to start talking evidence now. This is now a slide of the organizational chart of the Hunter Biden business business uh, companies and and with associates from 2018, from the same IRS investigators who were broke down the business structure in 2014. Does this slide cause you the same concern, Mr. Debinsky? Yes, it does. Okay. Now, let's talk about some more. Actually, one point I want to make on this. Ladies and gentlemen, if... And I know it's kind of small, so I would love to submit I will submit all this for the record. I would love my colleagues on the other side to see this. In 2014, one of the key owners was Devin Archer, who did testify and who did was, uh, uh, was under deposition under oath by the Oversight Committee. In 2018, Devin Archer is no longer listed, but his wife, Krista Archer, is now listed. Mr. Dubinsky, when you see a situation where ownership interest moves from one spouse to the other... Is that a concern of some level of fraud, potentially?
13: I I would call it a red flag. That's something I would look at and, and again, try to get to the bottom of what happened there. Was it just transferred? Was there money behind it? What was going on?
3: And if you don't remember, it was Devin Archer who was Hunter Biden's business partner. Uh, Devin Archer is now in prison. He's serving time for an unrelated situation that he got himself into with an Indian reservation and using their name for money to make money, so that was Devin Archer. And if you remember, he came out uh, with uh, testimony. He was under oath just recently, and he also gave an interview uh, that was uh, floating around all over social media. And So you you take what you can from Devin Archer, I guess, but the important part is they are starting to connect the dots here, the Republicans are. Uh, Back to Jason Smith now and his opening statements, the Republicans now are showing the evidence. Is it a crime for the vice president's son to be out peddling for influence? If that's all they have. Like again, the, the Biden family, the Biden crime family, they aren't selling anything. They have no product. They have no service. All they have is a name. And somehow every time Hunter Biden is involved with some government or some country or a foreign national, something changes in the way that America does business with them. When Joe Biden was vice president, it's very important to understand this is when Joe Biden was vice president. A lot of this, so far of what I have played for you, it seems to be after the fact. Now, not so much. Here's Jason Smith.
5: According to a worksheet provided by IRS whistleblower Ziegler, then-Vice President Biden's April 2014 official visit to Ukraine occurred only days after a series of White House meetings with Hunter Biden and his business associates regarding Ukraine. Shortly after Joe Biden returned stateside, the Ukrainian company Burisma announced Hunter Biden's appointment to its board. New evidence provided shows Hunter Biden using his father's position to gain favor with billionaire Miguel Alamon, including having Joe Biden host them at the White House in February of 2014, at the vice president's residence alongside Mexican billionaire Carlos Slim in November of 2015. And then in 2016, using Air Force Two to shuttle Hunter Biden and his business associate to Mexico City. Whether it was lunches, phone calls, White House meetings, or official foreign trips, Hunter Biden cashed in by arranging access to Joe Biden, the family brand. The Biden family and their associates received millions in payments from foreign sources, including from Russia, China, Ukraine, Romania, in one email. Hunter Biden even bragged that he cut a deal for 10 million from just one company for quote introductions alone
3: so now we are getting the information in about burisma and ukraine you remember burisma hunter biden was on the board there he has absolutely no experience when it comes to gas and oil but one thing he does have experience in evidently according to the evidence that is coming to light is peddling influence with the american government through his father the vice president at the time joe biden so what, what was going on with Barisma? Let me refresh your memory. I know you know this information, but the chairman and the owner of Barisma was in trouble. He was being investigated in Ukraine by a prosecutor named Viktor Shokin. It was alleged that Barisma was a corrupt company, just like so much of Ukraine is. It is known for being a corrupt country for a 100 years or more, but Hunter Biden was brought in on the board of directors, also Devin Archer, both of them with no gas or oil experience. So again, I ask the question, as do the Republicans, what exactly were they selling? What was the service? Now let's bring in the story of Joe Biden going to Ukraine with a billion dollars when he was vice president. And he tells them, if you don't fire the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, the one that was investigating Burisma, then you're not getting a billion dollars. What did Joe Biden say? And you remember this, Joe Biden tells the story himself. He was proud of what he did, which was holding that billion dollars over the head of Ukraine. If they didn't fire Victor Shokin, what happened? Son of a bitch. That's Joe Biden's words. They fired Victor Shokin and Barisma's assets were then released and the investigation went away for Barisma. So, that's what happened with Burisma. So I, I again, I'm going to ask you, what do you think? Is there evidence here of criminal activity of Joe Biden when he was the vice president? We haven't even talked about classified documents yet, which, by the way, still has a special counsel in Robert Hur. That, that goes all the way back 10 months now since that special counsel was, was appointed, and he's still investigating those classified documents. The question is, does Joe B- did Joe Biden have classified documents in his possession? Yes, absolutely. And the second question is, was he ever permitted to have classified documents in his possession? And the answer to that is absolutely not. So when will those indictments be coming from Robert Herr, the special counsel for Joe Biden's classified documents? I also want to remind you if, you, if you don't remember, the first impeachment of Donald Trump was 100% about Burisma and that phone call that Donald Trump made to Zelensky. Obviously, Donald Trump had heard about all of this way back when that phone call was made, so he wanted Zelensky to look into it. He thought there could be some corruption. So, was there some corruption? And then the Democrats did everything they could to quiet this with an impeachment. They made Donald Trump the bad person. When in reality, it appears that Donald Trump was doing the right thing and trying to find out exactly what what Joe Biden, what Hunter Biden were doing. Why was Hunter Biden on that board? Why did Victor Shokin get fired when he was trying to find the truth about the corruption at Burisma? That was the nature of that phone call, the one that Donald Trump said was perfect. Wasn't that his responsibility if he thought this uh, an American was was doing something overseas? You know, it's—but now the Democrats are saying the Republicans are crazy. That's what they're doing, and they're not making this about the truth. They're not making this about— hunter biden they're not even making it about joe biden or the biden crime family they are making this about donald trump and it's really bizarre that they never really want to get to the truth they only care about politics and winning and keeping power here is an example of how the democrats went about this hearing on this impeachment inquiry here's democrat jasmine crockett from texas
7: but when we start talking about things that look like evidence They want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets, looks like, in the shitter to me. This looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say, on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments Let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United okay, States. Okay, she goes
11: on
3: and on about the all the, the charges with Donald Trump. Two she just keeps, keeps going. The, uh, the hearing isn't about Donald Trump. He has 91 charges against him, four different indictments. He will have his time in court. So why waste the American people's time? With this, you hear it, she just... She, oh, listen to her. But I will just,
7: tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally, and that is the only evidence that they have brought
3: Okay, you can love your honestly, child and cover for them at the same time. There's... Obviously, she just keeps going. Listen, this is ridiculous,
7: which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States.
3: Someone voted for her. Someone may be listening to this program right now. That's Jasmine Crockett, a Democrat from Texas. Maybe you know someone that supported her. That was probably not a good decision. I'm going to move on now from the impeachment inquiry You're hearing a lot of the same things that we've all known, and unfortunately, the truth isn't going to get out to the people because uh, none of the mainstream media is covering this. And that was always my fear from the beginning. And uh, again, the the purpose of this was to expose the truth. And unfortunately, like I said earlier, the people that need to see it, that need to understand what the Biden crime family has done— They are not seeing it. It's going to be kept under wraps by the mainstream media. Another hearing that took place just this week, and I think it was overlooked but pretty important, was some information that came out of a a hearing with the OSHA director. And if you remember back to COVID, there were... Obviously, there were some mandates. There were mandates from the government to government employees. There were also a lot of mandates from private companies uh, put those mandates on for people to lose jobs if they didn't take a shot. They are saying they never did. And, And it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court even said you can't do that. And we're finding out now that OSHA disagreed with the Supreme Court. They went on with their own thing. And I think this is really important to hear because a lot of you probably missed this this week with all the other news going on. Listen to this testimony. This is Representative Mary Miller from Illinois with the questions.
11: Assistant Secretary Parker, in November of 2021, OSHA released an emergency temporary standard that would have forced... 84 million Americans to take an experimental COVID vaccine or provide their private medical paperwork to their employer. Do you think OSHA has the power to force 84 million Americans to take an experimental vaccine?
12: You're referring to the uh, vaccine test rule that, um, that OSHA promulgated in, um, in November of 2021. Uh, It did require businesses uh, of 100 more employees to develop a program that would require employees to either um, take the COVID vaccine or get regular testing.
11: Yes. So what I want to know is if you believe that OSHA actually has the power to force 84 million Americans to do that.
12: Well, the Supreme Court ruled on that matter. Yes, thank God
11: the Supreme Court ruled on that and stopped you from doing that. You're an unelected bureaucrat, and you do not have the power to force 84 million people to take an experimental vaccine or show their papers.
3: And you can hear the arrogance there. And in this bureaucracy, this deep state, if you want to call it, you hear how they think they have all the answers. As they take away more freedom and liberty from us here in this country, you you can hear it. He, He thought the Supreme Court was wrong, so they'll just continue to keep pushing the narrative, keep pushing the mandates that they wanted to push. And we see this over and over with the Biden administration. Here's Kyle Kiley with a few more questions for OSHA Assistant Director Doug Parker.
12: Mr. Parker, you're one of a number now of officials in this administration who has come before this committee uh, and tried to tell us that 2 plus 2 uh, doesn't equal 4. Uh, sitting in the chair that you're in now, uh, the Secretary of Education uh, testified, gave false testimony to this committee, uh, denying that he had promoted a student vaccine mandate when he had done precisely that. Uh, sitting in the chair that you're in now. The Secretary of Health and Human Services uh, made one of the most outlandish statements ever entered into the congressional record, which is saying quite a lot uh, when he said, we never force anyone to do anything in relation to the widely discredited policy of forcing uh, young children as young as two years old uh, to wear masks. And now you come before us today, uh, asked about one of the most sweeping uh, abuses of power uh, that we've seen that was rebuked by the Supreme Court And you tell us that we didn't demand that anyone be fired. So has there been some sort of memo going around? Why is the administration insistent on rewriting history?
3: Our government, our bureaucrats, the Biden administration, think they know better than you. So they are still going to try some sort of mandate uh, with masks, with shots, with vaccines. We see it. That's what's happening. So elections have consequences, don't they? It was Barack Obama that said that when Donald Trump won. Elections have consequences. We're seeing it right now across this country with everything. Whether it has to do with the border and what is really a human crisis there. Whether it has to do with Joe Biden and the Biden crime family selling out America. Is he compromised now? I don't know. The mainstream media seems to really cover well for him, and so do the Democrats in the Senate and the House, and even a lot of Republicans are doing the same thing. You should really look for the truth, and that's what all of this is about. Elections do have consequences. Our liberty and freedom, they are being whittled away daily from this deep state, from this bureaucracy, from this administration, that uh, one way or another, they're in power. And they're going to try to keep it and they're going to try to do everything they can to keep that power. Thanks a lot for joining us here on Our Lives in Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I really do appreciate it. I want you to have a great week and we'll do it again next weekend. Remember, you are the salt of the earth and salt without flavor. It has no value at all. So keep being salty. You've been listening to Our Lives and Politics on the
0: America Out Loud Network.